listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. We are your hosts, Faye and Daniel. After last week's episode on storytelling, we hope you were able to take away some useful techniques to use for your own teaching. And in our episode today, we will learn all about how to teach as a polyglot. Yes. How can learning or using multiple languages help us to become better teachers? And how can this help our students? And how can we combine our language knowledge to better serve our students? And today we will speak to our guest, Sylvia. She's an experienced online teacher and polyglot who shares her experience of teaching ESL online. So as we both have knowledge of more than one language, Faye, let's talk about our experiences using Mm -hmm. and teaching other languages. Um, So Faye, how has your uh, knowledge of Portuguese, French, and English helped you with your ESL teaching roles? Yes, I find that... um, Knowing these languages um, really helps me understand what students might be struggling with. It helps me predict a lot better what the issues, what their issues might be. And once questions come up in class, um, I'm a lot, it's a lot easier for me to understand why they're confused about that. Or if I see a student making a mistake, I'm better able to explain to them what their issue is or what the differences are between their language and English. And I really noticed that when I started learning Japanese, I only took it for like a couple months until we got to the, the different counting systems and I, I tapped out. But um, it was just understanding Japanese sentence structure and sort of like the basic mechanics of the language really helped me work with my Japanese students. And not just the Japanese students, because I find that I, a lot of Asian languages are similarly constructed. So um, I find that just understanding how some things will, will not equate to them in, mm-hmm. the, in the sentence structure. And right. like I can't assume that subject, verb, object is the thing that they're going to go on. Very, right? very true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How about for you, Daniel? How has your Korean knowledge helped you with teaching your students? Um, similar to what you've said, I went through that experience of being sat in a classroom in a language school, learning Korean in Korea. 
So mm -hmm. it was very much an immersion and a trial by fire kind of um, way of learning. But it helped me massively because, like you said, I understand the, the struggles that students go through. I understand why they make some of the errors that they make. I understand mm -hmm. why they don't use some of the vocabulary or words that they should use that they know. Mm -hmm. um, and it also got me a better insight of some cultural differences as well in terms mm. of arguing or right. having a discussion or a debate um, as opposed to just saying, yes, I agree, because right. I've heard that a lot. Um, and that always isn't the case. Um, and again, by knowing that language, um, it's helped me to kind of think, okay, well, students might have this issue. So I'm kind of predicting and I'm yep. trying to kind of put out fires before they um, come up. Now, Definitely again, with lesson planning, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But again, knowing the mix of students beforehand and knowing the nationalities mm -hmm. or the first languages of other students can help you. And Definitely. it's about mindset as well. The most important thing I learned when I was learning another language was to think in that language first and foremost, yeah, because yeah. we all do it when exactly. we're moving between languages, students do it, they think in their first language. And then that's why we get the errors with grammar yeah. or tense or subject verb agreement or articles or plurals, because those things might not exist or might be different in mm. their language. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was learning French, which was the last language I learned fully, mm -hmm. Um, after learning Portuguese and uh, speaking Portuguese, Spanish and English. And at, at certain points I was like trying, my brain would automatically translate to a mm -hmm. word in the, all the other languages. It's funny. It wasn't always Portuguese or always English. It would be like the most similar one. Oh, so it's this word. But then I found that I couldn't remember the French words afterwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would just remember, oh yeah, this is that word that was similar to this word in Spanish. And then it's like, but what was it? And that really, it, it just confirmed what I used to tell my students already that you should not rely on translation when you, when you Absolutely find a new not. word, look mm -hmm. at an English English dictionary. And I would always tell them this experience of mine and be like, I speak from experience. I could not remember the new vocabulary I was learning because I was translating it automatically. So you kind of, uh, you, you have more tools to, right. to give your students, right. To work with language learning. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find that students are surprised to hear you speak their language when you're working with Korean students? Does this change the dynamic between you and your student at all? So I never give that away, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, usually, if I'm teaching online, students probably know because my profile and some of the information that I will send them, they'll receive will be in Korean. So if they're mm -hmm. Korean students, they'll be like, oh, how does he know this? Sometimes they mm -hmm. forget or sometimes they just don't pick it up. Yeah. So generally, I won't say anything. But then if there's circumstances or situations like with very young learners where they might need a word or a, a translation, then I'll do that. But mm -hmm. it, it is quite surprising for them. Yes. Um, yeah. And again, it's always very interesting to hear what they have to say in their first mm -hmm. language and then be able yeah, to yeah. respond and say, wow, did you think that? Or really, is that your experience? And then right. it's quite interesting. Kind of surprise them and, um, and kind yeah. of sneak up on them in a way. <laughs> well, yeah, in a nice way. Um, in a nice way, yeah. It definitely changes the dynamic, though, because I think you automatically have a deeper, a deeper connection with that student because mm -hmm. you can obviously say, like you said to them, I've been through this process. I know what it's like. I've yeah. learned your language. You're learning my language. So that definitely builds a, a deeper level of trust. And mm -hmm. then also within that as well, you're better able to understand their mindset and their thinking. And then yeah. not only create materials and classes that they would enjoy, but pitch it in a way that they understand as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very true. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to all these different languages, Faye, and, and obviously in your very vast experience, 
Have you ever combined or used more than one language in your lessons before? You know, I can't really say that I have, uh, because just like you, I, I try to hide the fact that I speak the other languages, mm -hmm. because I find that once uh, students know I can speak it, they get a little lazy, and right. they start to just say the word to me and say, what is this in, in English? Mm -hmm. What about this word? Mm -hmm. And whereas before, they would be trying to explain themselves and, you know, use uh, like English to express themselves like they would in everyday situations where they forget a word or they they're trying to communicate. So I always tried to like nip that in the bud if it started to happen, if a student knew I spoke their language and then they started to try to use it, I, I would just always play them. I'm like, hmm, can you say that? In, can you explain it in another way? And, <laughs> right. and they're like, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I do, but I would like you to tell me in English. Yeah. And, and eventually they, they'd stop trying. And that's mostly because, again, I don't want them to rely on translating and yes. you know just like and often the word the the things don't translate and they don't work that exactly neatly. a sentence especially with sentences or idiomatic language you can't just find an exact replacement for that that's very so, true yeah i'm i've always been pretty anti translation in the classroom and using um their first language however i mm -hmm. do think because i don't have a lot of experience with low levels i do think it can help remove some of the anxiety at low levels right i was going to say that when i have used more than one language or not me but i've used, i've asked my students to teach each other about their own languages so for mm -hmm. example when i worked in a high school we had a very very diverse mix of languages in the class so i might have had in any one class, I might have had 10, 15, 20 different first languages spoken. Oh, wow. So I might use a section of that time to maybe, you know, for, for a very basic um, English class. Okay, teach your partner one to 10 in your language oh, or yeah. teach them to introduce themselves in your language. Oh, and yeah. then that not only builds a level of comfortability amongst your learners, but it also yeah. helps them feel more comfortable and confident using English yeah. because as they're going through that other language, it's they can see that process. They can put themselves in the shoes of the others. And also it, as a teacher, it's nice for you because it's it's enabling students to communicate with each other in a way that they can do well because they yeah. might not be able to do it in English. But I can yeah, teach you language, 10 yeah. words in my own language or introduce myself. Or, oh, yeah, that's and then point. using that as, a, as they introduce each other in each other's language. Now, it's mm. difficult, but it's really wonderful when things like that come off. That's a good example that I found. I never thought of doing that. That's a great idea, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just thought of, um, because I did teach Portuguese for a little while mm -hmm. and that's the, the, the most I've taught at lower levels was with Portuguese. Cause I right. had, I taught levels one and two and three. And that's when I actually started to use a combination of languages because I, I really tried to make my, my lessons fully Portuguese, but it was really hard. Students had no idea what I was talking about. So I found that in levels one and two, I would teach, I was use I would use English to teach Portuguese for let's say half the time, and at level two I would use like six, English for like forty, and then sixty percent would be Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And then as the levels progressed, I would slowly like fade English into the background. Right, right. But I, see. I haven't really done that with English as much because students usually have more familiarity with English. Right. So like, on that on that note, how do you? use other languages to help students if they're struggling or they're finding it difficult to follow the classes. You know, if you're teaching a conversation class, maybe the levels are going to be quite different or you have students who are very chatty, but maybe mm -hmm. they're making a lot of errors, maybe some who yeah. are more quiet and more um, articulate. So how do you deal with that? I find that um, often with students that are more advanced or they are more fluent, I'd say, mm. um, they might 
not be as accurate, right? And right. then and then you might have that student who's actually very focused on accuracy and then their their fluency will suffer. Mm -hmm. So I find that like, like similar to what you do, but not exactly teaching each other their language. I, I basically, if I know their language, I'd point out things in their language that might be just as difficult in English. So for, for really advanced students, I find that often they start to complain when I start to focus on accuracy mm -hmm. and they're like, Ah, oh, but this is stupid. Why do I need to learn this? Or oh, this is why is English so crazy? And then I like I had a French student who would say that all the time, and then I I would point things out in French to him that made no mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said, imagine somebody learning this in French, like for the first time. Yeah, how would yeah. you explain that? And he's like, oh yeah. And then I would say, but you know, this is is it necessary? Should I learn this in French? He's like, yeah, people will say it like you should know it. I'm like, exactly. It's the mm -hmm. same thing with English. You could communicate without this knowledge of the grammar or whatever, but it won't be the same. So I think that that's usually how I would use like their own language. It's just to sort of like point things out to them and show them that it's not just English and, you know, everyone will suffer. <laughs> right, right. Wonderful. Yeah. So let's yeah. now bring in our guest, Sylvia, who's going to share more on her experiences as a polyglot ESL teacher. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, Sylvia. Welcome to ESL Talk. Hello. Hi, hi. It's good to have you with us. So, Sylvia, just wanted to start off today by asking you if you could share with us your teaching story, um, 
how you got started learning all these languages and where you are today in your teaching journey. A lot of questions for the beginning. Thank yes. you. Uh, okay, teaching story. I was thinking about how to answer to that question. So actually, I, I call it more a learning story than a teaching one because uh, it everything started. So if I I'm not talking about foreign languages or languages at all, uh, the teaching learning story started a little bit more like <laughs> many many generations before yeah so it's kind of transgenerational stuff and genetic uh, uh, destiny mm -hmm. my grandma my great grandma everyone uh, they, they were teachers at actually at mm -hmm. school so like traditional teachers and uh, my teaching learning story started uh, up with my sister yeah when i was like three or four years old she just wanted to teach me how to write and read so I could play with her and, and read with her. Yeah, mm -hmm. she was just bored. <laughs> uh, she's actually five years older than me. And that's when everything started. Because when I started at school, at the primary school, uh, I already knew everything I, I needed to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so in order to avoid this boredom, I started to teach my own classmates. Uh -huh. So when I saw somebody didn't understand, didn't catch a, an idea or was unsure, and I was having the feeling that a teacher is not approaching that way, it could be like the easiest way uh, from my point of view. So I just called her and said, come here, I'm, I'm telling you how it is. So And that's what everything uh, started. Some teachers noticed that and they used me <laughs> for explaining that stuff. So, so the more formal teaching story started after school, after my grammar school. I attended a grammar school where at that time in the 90s was very trendy to have informatics as a subject. Yes. So I started to teach informatics to the youngest ones, a kindergarten, you know, so just uh, click enter here and escape there. Mm -hmm. And so they they hired me actually to 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 teach them, yeah, the, the younger children. And at the same time, so during my grammar school, I I started to learn German, it's a foreign language in a language school, and there it ended up the same way. So the director of the school asked me to be there, to stay longer and to teach the beginners. So it was, as I'm telling you, such kind of destiny. When I think, oh, I'm learning something new, so somebody just takes me in order to teach the thing uh -huh. I'm learning. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very funny. So it's something like sometimes I think, should I just go away from that and just try something different? And uh, then I started studying economics. I'm from Guatemala, uh, mm. actually. And there I studied economics, the same. So when I finished my master's degree, Sylvia, could you take over the course of blah, blah, blah. Wow. I said, no, I don't want it anymore. So in, in a good sense, yes. And I said, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't escape actually from, from that destiny. So I moved to the Czech Republic where I uh, got the scholarship uh, for a PhD program uh, in environmental economics. And I said, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm mm -hmm. going to become a researcher, economist, no more teaching. Sylvia, I have a group, <laughs> environmental <laughs> economics in English. In English? I said, oh, God. So and then uh, that's how my like teaching English 
career <laughs> or mm-hmm. way uh, started actually. But more formally, uh, if I come back a little bit to the German language, mm-hmm. so there I had the opportunity to uh, do a diploma for uh, German teachers as a foreign language mm-hmm. in Munich in Germany. So it was a program that I followed in Mexico, Guatemala, and Munich and Berlin. So it was like two years so with some breaks. And there I learned a lot of the methodology uh, and mm. of these techniques, methodology, as I said, and two ways to, to teach and to learn also at the same time in a group of teachers who came from all over the world. So that mm. was an amazing experience that helped me, uh, how can I say so, learn how to teach actually, because mm. I started teaching like intuitively from this genetic and uh, yeah motivational part or pushy part from my uh, teachers but there I also I, I took uh, what systematically and more um, how can I say uh, in a more technical way in a more formal yeah. way so I your started, formal training yeah formal training hmm. of course yeah that's amazing so that was like the form yeah. of that yeah and and mm-hmm. from that on that it, it's like the root of a big tree that was growing up a lot and the destiny took me also to my husband. We have this amazing uh, girls and uh, they are amazing and they speak uh, the language we have here, Czech. And of course at home we speak Spanish. So that's, mm. I started also to say, okay, so perhaps a formal training in Spanish too. And last year I got my diploma of a Spanish teacher, a foreign language. So I'm mm. very proud of that because I could also review and brush up all this knowledge I have. No, multi-talented Sylvia. Wow, twenty-five years old <laughs> teacher. Yeah, so, wow, so yeah, yeah. Twenty-five years of teaching. Yeah, wow. so yeah. we've we've covered Spanish, we've covered English, we've covered German, we've covered Czech. Are there any other languages that you've started learning, and, and why did you want to learn those languages as well? That's a very good question. So uh, with foreign languages, I will tell you, it's not a secret, but how I felt So, when I started, uh, this is still not a secret. <laughs> when I started primary school, uh, that was a French school, a private French school. Mm-hmm. And we had, it was not bilingual at all, but we had like the French as a foreign language plus two or three subjects like, you know, painting and mm-hmm. drama and I don't know, culture, songs and so on. So I, I was having a feeling like, ah, oh, I'm becoming French, yeah, because I, I noticing the, the national hymn and these things. Uh, but it, it was actually just uh, French as a foreign language. And then when I started to learn English, so it was the second or third grade, I don't remember, I didn't understand anything. Yeah, I said, what is that? And I remember coming to my sister and saying, I don't know English. I won't mm-hmm. ever speak that horrible language. <laughs> and then she took her old uh, uh, textbooks and said, come here. I, I'm going to tell you. Which teacher do you have? Because she knew everything. She went to the same school as oh, me. She yeah. had the same teachers. Yes, you know, she's going to ask you this and these questions. Don't, don't worry. So she was preparing me actually just for the test mm-hmm. and I was not, not having that uh, idea of becoming English or American as uh, the French feeling mm-hmm. I had yet to that. And it uh, changed a little bit when I changed that school, when I went to the grammar school where uh, the director really uh, wanted us to become 
bilingual. So he had amazing teachers. Yeah, they were all from Guatemala, but people who lived in the United States. And they were also teachers, uh, formal, uh, trained. And I remember having not just the um, English as a foreign language stuff, but also literature, culture, mm. a lot of reading, spelling, conversation, mm -hmm. and movies, singing, and all this stuff that teenagers love at that time. So there I started to have the feeling, okay, yeah, I could become American. Yes, mm. the, the same feeling I had, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And uh, at that time, so because my also because of my sister, I enrolled the German course. She said, "Oh, you know, there is a course here, five meters uh, from here. Uh, if you want to go to this language school, I say, why not? So I'm going to learn something else." But at that time, I was not so passionate with languages. Mm -hmm. I just enrolled the course because something new, and why not? And I think uh, what opened uh, my heart to languages was the, this uh, course, this training in, in Munich and Berlin, mm -hmm. when that I really met amazing. all these amazing people, yes. And I said, oh God, so I am here communicating in a language that it's not my language, with people from all over the world with right. different cultures and sharing the same problems, uh, fears, uh, challenges. Yeah, uh, that's the beauty teaching. of it for sure, right? It just brings everyone, everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. And I find as well, the more you learn something, the more you want to learn it. And the more languages you learn, the more you pick up bits of other languages and you can start to connect it all, right? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. And you and lose this feeling of uh, the feeling I had when I was like, no, nine or eight years old. Mm -hmm. I won't ever learn because you know you can, even yeah. if you're making mistakes. And it doesn't matter if you, uh, if you make them because this is not your native language and right. you are here for learning yeah, not, yeah. not for, for being perfect. Actually. You're brave enough for trying, right? Yeah. 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 And now how, how do you use all of these different languages when you're teaching? Um, do you use uh, just one language, the language that you're teaching, or do you kind of use some of your other knowledge to help certain students? Yeah, the now, this is a good question. How I now use that? So I'm going mm -hmm. to begin by this now. I uh, finished, I don't know, like three months ago, uh, training on CLIL, which is this content uh, language and uh, integrated, how is it, uh, uh, how is content CLIL? language integrated learning approach yeah so you mm -hmm. have both things uh, like something from the subject at school it could be mathematics physics or something from arts it doesn't matter what and you learn or you teach that in a foreign language but mm -hmm. uh, in an l2 language actually yeah. so normally or traditionally it started to be the second language sometimes it could be also the foreign language and uh, there, uh, the knowledge of the L1 is a key factor because it helps you uh, with this scaffolding to stepping up uh, to the next level, actually. So uh, students learn first uh, what do they want or do they need to do. It's mm -hmm. also based, all the time is based on a task. So you say, for example, yeah. I don't know, we're going to build a greenhouse in the school garden yeah so and yeah. that's all is explained in the l1 oh, so okay. there you use this uh, pluricultural or, or multilingual knowledge to take them to this word and oh. step by step with the l2 mm -hmm. uh, then you build up 
this greenhouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So giving them the elements of grammar or communication, mm -hmm. uh, how to present the results, how to, I don't know, uh, make a video and uh, an interview or yeah whatever yeah and, and even the test yeah what is going to be or the experiments sometimes mm -hmm. if, it, if it's for example physics and so on so there is the the motivation actually is given in the uh, l1 and the results are presented in the l2 in the target uh, language okay. there uh, the knowledge of another language is uh, required from the teacher mm -hmm. but at least from one of the teachers who is involved mm -hmm. in these uh, projects got it mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I was going to ask you, what are the advantages and what are some disadvantages? Maybe you've touched a little bit on advantages, but using these multiple languages for teaching online ESL classes specifically, what, what would you say are the advantages and disadvantages of using multiple languages or maybe two languages? I started uh, my teaching career as a teacher for foreign languages, but mm -hmm. while being here uh, and teaching my own daughters actually so transmitting my language and at the same time correcting them sometimes so trying to mm. just to guide them keep them on how track to, right yeah keep them yeah. on track yeah that's it uh i discovered that it's a completely different word <laughs> the second language uh, teaching as the foreign one and uh, from that experience it, um, i started perhaps to attracting people who uh, whose children are bilingual or lived in another country and um, just the parents wanted them to to continue for example with mm -hmm. this knowledge or, or to develop the language they were uh, attached to and there i discovered the treasure of uh, of the language of the knowledge of their language even if i I know the parents, they want me to speak them in French or English or in Spanish. But once the child knows that I can speak Czech or their native language, mm -hmm. then uh, the rapport um, is, uh, is better. So it's uh, mm. uh, perhaps better is a wide word, but it's um, the foundation of the lesson is not just the, based on the knowledge and what we're going to learn, but how we're going to learn, with mm. whom I am learning, so who More I bonding, am trusting. I guess, right? Yes. And kind of and empathy as well. You can kind of understand of them, they can understand you. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah. Got it. And they know they can understand, even if, if sometimes we didn't, don't even use this language, but mm -hmm. just the possibility of I can trust right. her and say something in my own language. That security blanket kind of thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the safe environment they need. Mm -hmm. And not just for children, uh, some people that really need to learn very quickly because they come mm -hmm. from work here in the Czech Republic uh -huh. or uh, now online. I do also, for example, <clears throat> I'm teaching a guy who uh, moved to Germany and he needs german language mm -hmm. and i am teaching him the first the trial lesson was in czech and i told him i'm going to talk to you just in german but you can know so during this 30 minutes that you can trust uh, yourself no matter what happens i will understand you yeah. you can ask me the first things in your own language i will try to explain you in german if it mm -hmm. doesn't work and so on and so on so then you can explain them in their own language uh, how your expectations mm -hmm. are how uh, some fears can be can be overcome for example yeah so yeah and do you do you find that that um so that's a great advantage but do you find that that can be a disadvantage sometimes as well like if you hear students speaking a language that you understand do you sometimes refrain from telling them you know their language or 
do you think that it can have some downsides to being able to speak their own their first language? That's a very good uh, question. And I think that fear of disadvantages had my first boss, my, my mm. uh, the German director from that school, from whom I learned a lot, even the German language, because he was my teacher also. The, uh, before I started teaching, the, before I had also the formal training, so the very first lesson, I remember it was a Saturday and a Friday and afternoon, he told me, okay, tomorrow is your first lesson and you are not allowed to use a single word in Spanish. The lesson mm. is held in German and here it is not allowed to speak Spanish. <laughs> so uh, I was very young and it was my first lesson so I believed that so I took it for granted that you can't teach in another language than the target one mm -hmm. uh, it's it worked in some uh, at some extent so my my students learned something and I believed that and that was kind of my religion so and, mm -hmm. and I was taking this uh, communicative method with, uh, which I learned also from my formal training everywhere like a big backpack and everywhere I was offering that so, you know I don't want to, to, to offend anyone but like a religion yeah so believing that, that communicative <laughs> method that's the best and at somehow it worked so they, mm -hmm. they were working on and, and, and learning the big shock came when I met a teacher that <laughs> is using the contra completely the opposite, this mm -hmm. tra uh, traditional grammar and translating method. And I am learning a language in a method I was avoiding. It was mm -hmm. also not allowed to use. So what to do now? So you, you cannot teach the teacher <laughs> to change the methodology. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Doing that. And then I, I started to realize that uh, the, actually the, the method is coming from the essence of the teacher. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I realized that I can also relax a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, slow down and say, why not? So mm -hmm. why I can't translate a word if they really need it now? Mm -hmm. Why? And then I started just to accept the idea of using that knowledge of the other languages in my own lessons. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it is more like from that, not around, no, doing that and not accepting that, starting to accept where I realized that uh, that can't have any disadvantage if you mm -hmm. accept uh, the, uh, if you know what you want to do with it. You're using of it more course, as an asset than... Yeah, it's an asset. Yeah. yeah, it's a tool. So if mm -hmm. that doesn't work, okay, use that. Yeah. And sometimes it's for me an indicator. So if the students, I know they know this word and they start using a lot again and coming back to their own language or to another language mm -hmm. or translating into English, for example, if there is or lingua franca, then I say, why? So is he nervous or mm -hmm. is he like just losing this uh, motivation or the focus what is happening here yeah so uh, uh, when i hear this foreign uh, words in, in, in within the, the lesson uh, it's for me more an indicator so it's, uh, should okay. i slow down perhaps or do they mm. really understand or, or do they really want to, to are, are they still motivated yeah that's a really interesting way of looking at it because we talked about this before daniel and i and i've uh, I've relaxed a little bit, but I am also have been using that uh, backpack, mm -hmm. wearing that backpack of English only. And yes. uh, I like what you said, it, it, the fact that the students are resorting to translating and things like that could be 
a way, an indicator to what we're doing wrong as teachers or what, how we should be helping them more rather than just punishing them for trying to do that, right? Now, how do you think your knowledge of different languages, like you said, they've, they've helped you in class. You started using it more as an asset. How specifically does that help you while you're teaching? I think that the key thing is the rapport. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, the, I think that's a treasure. So, uh, uh, because before, uh, so I have also formal uh, training on, on coaching. Before having that training, I was also wearing that backpack of the program of the, you know, the past, present, perfect, continuous, tense, gerund thing that we have to cover until the end of June, because otherwise the students are not going to be able to say any nice sentence in English or in whatever <laughs> language. And the uh, coach were trained on listening to our clients, the customers, and the person who is in front of you and ask them, what do you want? What do you need? How can I help you? These are the yeah. very first questions. So I realized also the coaching is so simple. So you just sit yeah. down and listen to the people and just take notes and have to be there as a listener. And uh, if you can't listen their culture, so they don't have to, or even in, in advanced course courses, is sometimes grammar is very abstract or grammar. So sometimes grammar is very abstract in advanced levels. So you can translate table and let's say in Spanish, mesa, okay. Or you can take a picture, but how can you translate the subjunctive in Spanish into yeah. English? Yeah, it You don't matter. have that in the yeah. English language. <laughs> and it's a, a C1 English British student, which is speaking with you in Spanish. And mm -hmm. he has no idea what it is. Yeah. So, but you know how it is in English. So you can compare, so you can, you can uh, like build this bridge Mm -hmm. And this bridge is not just based on knowledge or abstract knowledge, also this rapport telling them, I, I understand you. So this is something you don't have. Trust me, it's going yeah. to be okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, just from knowing the other language or how the other language is formed, you can also help other people overcome that. Definitely. Fear. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's a really great insight. And it's a really good breakdown of the process because we do, we do this and we know this all of the time, but we just don't think about the steps and the background and the context. So it's great that you've broken that down for us, Sylvia. So thinking more about, you know, our listeners, our teachers, how can they use maybe the languages that they know to, you know, put them to work, to attract more students and communicate with them and build that rapport, like you said? It's a good question. So attracting, it's an attractive word, of mm -hmm. course. And it sounds like a marketing strategy. So how can I have more students? Okay, I would like to have also all the students, so uh, everyone coming to me. So uh, sustaining that mm -hmm. uh, would be perhaps for mm -hmm. me uh, like a key uh, question. Uh, okay, I told you I, I am learning Mandarin and uh, Croatian. Mm -hmm. mm. Perhaps there are uh, teachers who are also at the same level who I am at Mandarin uh, or Croatian. Uh, it's not knowing all the languages at the C1 level or mm -hmm. you are bilingual because you had the best French school and the best uh, German mm -hmm. director. It's not about, yeah, mm, let's say luck, but it's about who you are. So if, uh, and 
put yourself in the position of where am I? So if I uh, have a student who is struggling with uh, A1, A0, so I, I have, I could think, okay, I am in the same situation in this Mandarin A0 I am with all these uh, characters and tones. So I, that can help me, not the knowledge of the Mandarin, but, but my own story, my own challenges mm -hmm. uh, during, as a learner can help me understand them better. And yeah. we're coming back again to the report thing. So it's right. not about knowing a lot of languages. And I, say, I wish I could uh, speak Polish because I have a Polish um, a student. Okay, so let's try now with, with this no knowledge, how yeah. challenging it could be. Mm -hmm. If I can understand his culture also beyond the language, if I can communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, with images, with mimic. So how can I also overcome this yeah. um, challenge of not knowing the language? So I, I think everything can be used. Yeah. The advanced level of the language, the very uh, low level, the mm -hmm. no level of the language. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems like it's all about um, connection, right? Creating that yeah. connection with you. Like you said, making it sustainable because then once the student feels that connection to you, they will want to be your students um, yeah, for yes, of a long course. time. Yeah. Or the contrary. So I, I also encourage some of the students not to be attached to me all the time. So mm -hmm. to become independent too. Of course. Some of them, yeah. yeah. And, and, and they need another word, another word, another phrase. And I say, and do you need them really? And they want yeah. more. And do you need them really? So that they, they uh, teach them also a little bit this uh, self-confidence. And yeah. uh, this, uh, sometimes they even don't know why they are learning the language. Right. Or children, yeah. teenagers too, or people who are doing just because English is the most important language. But they even are not doing any improvement, not making any anything else than what yeah. is in the book, yeah. what I tell them, I say, and what do you want? So sometimes I have to ask them, yeah, right. the other, yeah. Uh, the other guide them around. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So on what they want. So, they so Sylvia, you gave up a lot of great uh, tips and insight into this, but just to wrap it up, what advice would you give to new teachers or those who are just starting out teaching online specifically? If their English is not as strong as other languages, would you give them any advice to overcome that? Uh, I would ask them, why do you want to be a teacher? Why are you here? Why are you teaching? Why are you teaching online? Why ESL? So first, this why. And that's challenging <laughs> sometimes to answer that. I could come back, back, I don't know, when I started teaching German, I would perhaps take a look at myself and would say, Sylvia, do you like this? I would say yes, because I really was enjoying that. And I, I, would, I would say, just go ahead. So if you would like that, so just become, become the best, mm -hmm. uh, the best version of you. So if you really enjoy that, so discover more, go for it, learn more, try to improve the way you are doing, try to accept also different things yeah so be open to everything that comes and something very very important is to i would say to me don't be afraid of what your students would say don't be afraid mm -hmm. of defeat because actually in the teaching learning process there is there is just success mm -hmm. uh, uh, what you have is like a lot of 
it's like an experiment, actually. I tell my students, you are here in, a, in, an, in our laboratory. So if it's a group or individual, so it's, be uh, safe here, we're in a laboratory. So we're just, and we're not making any bomb. So don't worry, no, <laughs> nothing is going to explode, uh, even not the head. And we are uh, just trying, there's a lot of attempts until you get to that success you were looking for. Yeah. So depending on how, uh, how your expectation, how high it is, then you are going to get that success later, sooner or later. So, and that's the same with teachers. So once they, uh, new teachers, once they <laughs> see, oh, he's not uh, understanding, this one is complaining, the other one is making the same mistake. So just try it again, try it in another form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have been learning that uh, I have the students I deserve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perhaps somebody's going to, to, to listen to that and say, oh, that's hard. But uh, they reflect what I need to notice. Mm-hmm. That's true. The best feedback is from your students, right? And through learning and through them making mistakes and from us making mistakes, that's how we yeah. improve and grow as yeah. teachers, I think. Yeah. And I like really like, I think that the last message you're leaving us with, it's really powerful as in there's no failure in, in teaching in the teaching journey. It's all part of our learning, more learning too. Right. And that's yeah. just a process. Great. Yeah. yeah. And it's a never ending process. It I, is, when yeah. I, I am, I'm speaking now in English, making a lot of mistakes, pronunciation, structure, grammar, etc. And in Spanish, and I'm not ashamed of that because I know this is not my native language. Mm-hmm. And I try to do my best and to improve, of course. But in Spanish, oh God, when I say, when I see, I say, oh, that, I wrote that. That's my own language. And right. I compare <laughs> with Mr. Nobel Prize in literature. And so, so of and course. we come back again to this uh, expectation. If, yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so even if in Spanish I am, I am making a lot of mistakes and also I have a lot to learn and I am not the only one who speaks Spanish and not the only one yeah. who speaks uh, with these uh, strange uh, idiomatic expressions and so on. So there is a lot to improve and just and to enjoy more than yeah. improvement. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A, the whole life. It's different as another profession. For example, being a doctor, a medicine doctor. So they mm-hmm. started operating once they really can. So this is not you make your first operation in your right. first year, first semester of the university. But as teachers, Actually, we, we, we can't kill anyone. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's not, a, the risk isn't that high. Yeah, the, the, there is no risk. We're, we're yeah. just learning. Yeah, there is yeah. just the joy, actually. Yes, yeah. yes. It's yeah. a great message. Constantly tweak and adapt and modify and learn through mm. your mistakes. And like you said right at the beginning, Sylvia, have that mindset. Be open to learning. And good mm-hmm. teachers are good learners. And good learners are good teachers. So, Sylvia, this has been great. Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you if it, they'd like to know more? about what you talked about or, or just reach out? So my name is Silvia Chihakova and uh, the email address is C-I-H-A-K-O-V-A-S, like mm-hmm. Chihakovas at gmail.com. Perfect. I have also, from that on, I have also my my, my YouTube channel mm. with my 20 subscribers, yeah. <laughs> which are my own uh, students. So I, I put them yeah. really very uh, uh, amateur stuff for learning languages or something I, I want to, to just to show to my students or stuff for my students when they want to share something. Great. So I, I, and that's I the also same, want to, to same work spelling. on that a little bit in the social yeah. media. So I teach 
teach also online on uh, italki. So mm. I teach there. Um, so I am a professional teacher on uh, German and Spanish language. So Great. they can reach me also there where I Perfect. have amazing students. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, we can also link it to our posts on Instagram and, and so okay. on. Okay. Great. Yes, perhaps I will have also Instagram and all the social <laughs> media channels so they can reach me. But Great. so far, I have just this traditional way. <laughs> great. Okay. Thank you so much, Sylvia. This Thanks has been great. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm. I thank you, guys. It was amazing being with thank you. Thank you. Today. Sylvia, thanks so much for sharing your experiences of learning new languages and teaching as a polyglot. Yeah, I think this is a great motivation for our listeners who might speak and use multiple languages in their classes. Um, Hopefully you picked up some tips to help you going forward in the future. And if you found the content of this episode useful, we'd love to hear from you as always. Yes, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us individually on Instagram, and you can find me at learning with Faye, Faye is F-E-Y. Or at I'm Daniel Teacher. So join us next week for another new episode of ESL Talk. Thanks for listening. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.